Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am super excited to have a special guest. He is a host of the Number One Lender podcast, and I could not be more tickled to have him on Grab Your Keys today, Steve Kyles. So, Steve, thanks for being on with us today. We were able to um, get to see each other a month ago, and I said, will you be on Grab Your Keys? And you were so gracious and said that you would impart your great knowledge on our guests. Come on. I'm excited to be with you, Sue. Thank you for the invitation. And what a, I mean, just a great group and excited to be on your podcast and to be a part of your story. And man, you make such a big impact in the families and the lives that you come in contact with. And I'm just excited to be here. So. Yeah, so we are excited to have you because I want to ask you a couple of great questions. Like how, number one, how did you get into the mortgage industry? Oh, wow. My good. Okay. So that, I, yeah, we're going back. I, I got to tell you, we're going back 21 years. I've been in the mortgage wow. space. And so, um, it, you know, I, I, okay. So here's the thing. I've been a musician since I was 15 and I loved music and uh, played at a high level for a long time. And then in my early twenties, uh, I took a position uh, at a church here, actually locally in Houston and a large church and just started playing music. Well, then I got married and see the funny thing is my wife was like, we cannot be married and you play in music five nights a week. And so I was like, all right, I got to find something real to do. And for me personally, I was really just praying about it. And what, what do I, you know, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? And what's something that I felt like I could lean into that I'm passionate about that would make an impact. And, and for me, it was mortgages. Um, and I just remember praying and, and, um, man, from my story, it was like, I just knew there's two things I've known in my life. I was supposed to do number one, marry my wife. We've been married, um, 21 years. Uh, I mean, just an amazing relationship. The second thing was to get in the mortgage business. And Sue, the funny thing is, I didn't even know that you spelled mortgage with two G's. Me either, um, or T's. Yeah, I, I, man, I, was like, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I was just, you know, really just seeking what what to do. And you know, for me personally, at that point, I was a six year college dropout. I was a professional musician, newly married. I could go back to school, or I could get into business. Always had been entrepreneurial when we were fifteen. Uh, started a t-shirt company, a gold plating company, uh, bought and sold real estate. We bought our first investment property when we were like 19 years old. Um, and and I loved the real estate space. And I'll tell you what really kind of leaned me into it. When we were buying our investment properties, the toughest part of the process was anytime we wanted to work with a bank or a mortgage um, at that time. And I just realized, man, there's a huge opportunity to help people. It's got to be easier than that. And I happened to know somebody who was in the mortgage business and I asked him to train me. And uh, I had to pursue him for months because he said originally no. And I'll tell you this, it's 100% commission. So I went and I literally worked for, for free for, for him. His name was Marcus. And I'd go into the office, leave here at seven, get there at eight, 
work till about one or two. And then I'd go wait tables at night. And I did that for the first nine months until I began to get acclimated into mortgages. And, you know, it was um, it, it's been a career that has no ceiling, amazing impact. And just it, I always tell people this when you find your calling and what you're really good at and passionate about, it just is such a fun way to live life because you don't wake up and say, you know, which I know you found this, Sue. We don't wake up and say, man, I got a job. It's what can we do today to have an even bigger impact? And, and you know, Sue, that's really what it is. Whatever your widget, whatever your tool, whatever you do for a living, it's can we make an even bigger impact on the lives and the families we serve? And for us, we just get the privilege to do mortgages, you know, and it's been it's been a lot of fun and we've learned a lot. You know, it's uh, it, it's been a, a fun 21 years. Most of them, I think 19 have been great, like a couple yeah. of them have been a little bit of a challenge. Some of them. And and um, I have a, a what instrument did you play or do you play? You play multiple I, I mean, I started on bass. Yeah, I started playing bass. And then when you play bass, I started to learn piano because you know, I would watch the guy I was, I was playing with him and where his left hand was going. So I started in bass, piano, and probably my best instrument instruments, acoustic guitar. Um, and so, yeah. Well, that's, that's fun. That's an interesting um, fact about Steve Kyles. Yeah. So not, a, not as many people know that, but yeah, I've been playing. Hey, I'll tell you a funnier story too. I was 15 years old. I went on my very first mission trip uh, to Honduras and we were helping orphans in the Honduran mountains. And I found a street guitar and I paid all I had was like 100, 150 bucks and spending money for the whole month. And I, I used it all to buy a cheap guitar. And that's how I learned how to play music. I would play on it. And uh, man, I just loved it. It was always a refuge, always a, a very special place to go and play music, you know, just in my personal life. And then that turned into something professional for many years. Yeah, that's that's great. I love music. I don't play any instrument. Yeah, I love. But you music. love it. <laughs> I, I love it. I find yeah. that it's a great outlet, and uh, and it's funny. It's not really funny. My my daughter was born hearing impaired, so she has a cochlear implant, and I was and I would listen to her as she's been growing up. She's twenty now, and um, I would love to hear her singing in um, singing and the different tones of singing, because most people who are hearing impaired and have a cochlear implant don't have that that tone that they hear differently. And uh, and I always was like, oh my gosh, she can sing, she hears the music, that was, and, and it, it was just great because I feel like it's such an outlet for people uh, to find joy. Mm -hmm. uh, when we find joy when we go to church, singing, you know, at, at different, um, masses and at, at different services. So I think that that's great, especially this time of year. Yeah. Um, what do you feel your three keys to success have been for you? Oh, wow. The first thing I thought was um, consistency. You know, I think, um, you know, if I were to say consistency, um, hey, I'm going to write them down. Consistency. I would also say this, the ability to evaluate after action's been taken. And the third thing is to implement fast, um, evaluate. Um, what I mean by that is uh, here, so I'll go back to them. So when you ask me that first thing is consistency, like, you know, we were talking about the podcast earlier, which I love, I'm still podcasting now and we've got a ton of uh, just great things. You know, I'll never forget when I started that almost four and a half years ago here, when, when you're consistent in something over time, you can get better. The right. challenge for most of us is, 
we'll start something, we don't see immediate results, and then we stop because we say it didn't work. Right. Hey, uh, Sue, I heard something the other day, and I thought, this is exactly what consistency is. Um, I was listening to an influencer. He helps people grow their audiences. Um, and, and he was talking about, I get asked all the time, how do you get to 100,000 subscribers on social or media or what, whatever you're trying to get people to follow, whether it's YouTube or things like that? And it, they'd say, you know, how much... Uh, how much time does it take? Take a year, two years, six months? And he said, I get asked that a lot. And Sue, here's what he said. He said, but what we have found is this. It's not the time, it's the reps. He said, when somebody's posted their thousandth video is typically when they're hitting 100,000 subscribers. And it was so profound because I know we don't move in the, the digital space. We're not, you know, social media accounts for 3% of our business. But I really, when he said that, I thought, man, you know, it goes back to anything that you do, whether it's learning a new job, whether it's podcasting, whether it's video marketing, whether it's being a parent, whether it's learning how to convert more of the business you've got. It's not time. It's really reps. And the reps come from being consistent. Um, and, and let me give you an example. I think we talked about this at the, the, the event we were at a, a few months ago. Um, the first year I was podcasting, like I we get now in a day, how many downloads I got the first full year. Right. And, and I think it goes back to when you set your mind to something, the number one key is, okay, I'm going to be consistent. And here's what I told myself. I'm going to do it one a week for the first year if it kills me. And then you just do it messy. I remember the first episodes were awful. The sound was awful. There was no video. Uh, but then what I did was every week it was like, okay, can I do one thing better? Can I do one thing better? Uh, is there one thing we can get better in the consistency? And here's, uh, I think the number two part of success is evaluating e each week. Uh, hey, what did I say that really impacted somebody? Like what I'm known for in our industry is really scripting and structure and, and people are like, you're so good with your words, but it was really because after being consistently saying the same thing, I would evaluate what result did I get and either pivot or continue based on the result. So number one, it's do it consistent. Number two, it's evaluate the result. Um, hey, and one thing that really has helped me too is when you're evaluating results, when things don't happen the way you think they should, it, I always say this, you can get bitter or you can get better. And I've always leaned more towards the better. Look, that call didn't go the way I thought it should. That client left me uh, when I've invested so many hours with them. That agent relationship didn't work out or insert in whatever it is. When you evaluate the results, staying consistent to the activity, you can pivot so that you end up getting the right results. And I think the third thing is just implement. Implement fast. You know, if you want to get started, I heard something today. I was on a call. And I thought this was so good. I wrote it down. I was sharing it with all of our team today. Uh, this is, to me, what speaks about implementation. Clarity comes in action. And so whenever I think about implementing, I think about it's the, it, it's the ready, fire, aim. Like mm -hmm. too many of us sit back and say, when I've got my podcasting equipment perfect, or when I've got my script dialed in, or I got my list just right, I'll take action. And, and part of success is be consistent, evaluate, and just shoot. And then whenever it misses the target, and let me let everybody off the hook, you're going to miss the target. Probably the first 10 or 15 times, it's not about that. It's kind of just take action. 
And in taking action, you'll get more and more clear about what it is to do if you don't get bitter because the result wasn't what you wanted, but you get better. I say it all the time on the podcast, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Just get started. And action's a key to success. Right. I think that being trying to be perfect hurts a lot of people because there is no such thing as perfection. Oh, yeah. So and I love how you say consistency, ability to evaluate and then implement fast, because if you are constantly evaluating whether you implement when you implement fast, it allows you to go back to evaluate and then pivot. And that pivoting can be a pivotal moment when you realize that what you're doing isn't right or is needs to be tweaked and you allow yourself to to be better educated and to do better. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. That's that's what I love. And I, I remember the first time I met you, Steve, you might not remember the first time you met me, but I met you at a boot camp um, in Clearwater. Yeah, uh, I, think was, I think it was about three years ago. I think it was one of the first boot camps yeah. I went to and uh I was like, wow, he's so positive. And so I really, but I think one of the things that you're positive about is that you're, you know, you know, you always have to practice. That's your consistency. You're great at scripting, but you're great at scripting because you're practicing it. Yeah. And, and you are, have a consistency of doing it, but you're constantly tweaking things, evaluating it, but you're not scared that it has to be perfect. You're still going out there and doing it. And um, that's what I thought was so great about you when I first met you is I was like, he's just putting it all out there, like mm-hmm. in his positivity, he knows he can fix it if he has yeah. to. Um, but you don't even have to, because if you're positive and you're doing it, yeah. you'll see results. Yeah. Hey, well, Sue, and thank you for that. You know, I, I think, you know, what helps when you're around great people like yourself and you realize, you know what? And also, we don't take ourselves so serious. It's like, Sue, I'm, it's not going to come out great. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, you know where that comes from? Uh, when I was really evaluating, it was funny. I was doing an event, and I thought it was for public speaking. And um, <laughs> and it's a two, like a two- or three-day event. And really, it was so crazy. I came out of that event really recognizing the negative tapes that I had. And the negative tape, you know where it came from, Sue? And um, I would hear people in and around my life say, hey, anything we're doing, Steve, just do it right. Man, if you're going to do it, do it right. And it's been so ingrained because the previous generation, that sounds like a good something to say. But really what it does is it instills a fear of perfection, which is, hey, listen, anything we're doing it's worth doing badly. Like it's going to be messy. You're like the first time you ever made a phone call. How good was it? Yeah, the first time good. I ever, yeah. Like I remember answering the phones. I started kind of in a clerical area, like Marcus brought me on, but I was answering the phone. First time I'm like, what do I say? How do I say it? Oh my gosh, that was awful. They almost hung up on me. And and it's the, 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 the not taking yourself seriously. And remember this, when you love people and when you're, focused on making a difference, kindness wins over perfection all day long. And it's like, look, smile, let them hear. We used to tell each other all the time, let them hear your smile over the phone. And you can see it. 
Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's where it's because when I'm smiling and I'm loving people and I'm making a difference, yeah, we're going to fumble around. So just be consistent, evaluate what you did, and then make sure that you're implementing a new way to do it even better. But when you're around people that are great, like you are, you know, iron sharpens iron. And I see you and it's like, wow, Sue did it this way. And, and, and then in, in there's this reciprocating of, well, man, if she can do it, then I can do it. And, and it's nobody's got a magic bullet. It's just about taking the action and understanding, man, we're just if uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits said. I love that book. That's great. And he, he, this was profound. He said, get one percent better. Yeah, I don't even have to get 10. Just get one. And so every day, what's the one thing I learned from yesterday? Carl, um, Carl White said something this last week and it really impacted me. He said, what did you learn from the last 12 months? And his second question was, what are you going to do differently the next 12 months? So that what? So that what? So that what? And, and I got to tell you, when you live life saying not even what did, what did I do or what would I do differently in the last 12 months? What would I do differently from yesterday? What would I do differently from Friday? Hey, from this morning, what would I do differently? Um, it, it, looking back and then, OK, what am I going to do differently now that I know that? And you just keep taking action and get 1% better. And I think that that's where we put too much emphasis on rising stars. Like, hey, they're an overnight success. There ain't nobody an overnight success. Yeah, no. They've been doing it, doing it yeah. underground, quietly in the shadows for years. And all of a sudden, somebody put a spotlight on the act they've been doing for years that's compounding results. Yeah, so true. So who does Steve Kyles admire? Oh man. Um, a lot of people like it, I, well, i tell you this. I, I really glean from, man, it's the people in my life. You know, it's um, who do I admire? Man, it starts close. I admire my wife. Uh, I mean, I just knowing it would sue what you as women do for our homes. Um, I admire my twin brother, who's a phenomenal pastor. I admire Carl White in his ability to sell and lead people in a very simple way. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I can go down a list of people who I admire. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's so important to admire people and have mentors. Yeah, that uh, that you can. I always, I always say that I admire my dad because he's an attorney, and he always says, like, yeah. he wakes up every day to practice. Yeah. He practices being a dad. He practices being a grandfather. He practices being a lawyer. And that's just what he practices. And that's why they say, you know, I'm a practicing attorney. I'm a practicing yeah. doctor yeah. because they are just practicing their profession. And um, so I think the more people you admire and the more people that are mentors for you, you know, the more you the more you can blossom because you're only as good as the 10 people that are the closest yeah. people around you. Yeah. And uh, if you fill those that area with like such a great, you know, great people who want to pour into you, then you can pour into others. Yeah. And uh, that's what I, I love. That's what I love about success. That's what I love about working with everybody as we all share and we all pour into each other. No one's doing better than anybody else. We're just trying to raise everyone to that yes. level. Um, hey, well, you, you know, Sue, and I'll tell you what, it's um, I think of life as a collaboration. You can learn from everyone. Like, like when you, you say admire and admiration, 
what I'm thinking about are the qualities and traits. Like I'll give you an example. My son, um, Ethan, he's 11. <clears throat> and I, I really admire his trait. He's so disciplined. Like if he's got a project due in two weeks, he's working on it this week and perfecting it the week before. Like if I had his discipline when I was 11, yeah, man. And so I look at it and I'm like, okay, Steve, when I see that trait in someone like Ethan, even though he's 11 years old, what can I, and it goes back to the evaluating number two, it's what can I do differently to be better prepared for the things I'm showing up in life? When I think about Steph, my wife, that girl is an action taker. Like she's not a, Hey, let me think about it. She's a ready fire aim. Right. And, and, and I admire the fact that she takes massive action, you know, whether it's in like, we're, we just now are selling one of the houses we just had and the amount of what she, she didn't even think about it. She just gets up and just pounds the day and doesn't ever complain about it, but just says, I got it done. I think about my son, Lucas, he's eight. That is the sweetest, most gentlest spirit. That kid is always looking for a way to help. And I look at him and I say, man, what can I do to add more value? Cause like every time I, I, I go to do something, he's like, Hey dad, what can I do to help you? And then even further than that, he'll just start doing something to help even before he has to ask me. And I think that's an admirable quake. Uh, yeah. Isn't a, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you yeah. have an eight year old and 11 year old. I, that's yeah. two, two or three. Yeah, three. And then I got a six-year-old. She's Six. she's a firecracker. Yeah, she's a, yeah. So it's great when we see those fabulous traits in our children that we're yeah. so super proud of. I mean, I had said that Allison, uh, my young, my daughter was born hearing impaired. What the things that she's had to deal with in her life, I'm and now she's a sophomore in college. I'm blown away. Like she thinks she's totally normal. And she is <laughs> like, she thinks that everyone has a cochlear implant practically. So like, why are you worried about that mom? Uh, and, and so she just takes it on the chin where I don't know that I could have actually yeah. taken it on the chin as much. So we pour so much into our kids. And then to see their traits come to life is like yeah. such a beautiful thing. And during this holiday season, I think that, you know, we're all, it's magical. We're all like just really loving on our children and loving on our families. I love, you know, that's, I love the, that Steph like gets up and just does it. Yeah. And that, you know, fills you, fills you at the same time, which is so great because family is ultimately why we're doing this for everyone. 100%. Um, and why we have the work ethic we have and why we're out there serving others so that we can serve our own families. So, well, Steve, the last question I have for you in this last four minutes we have is what's in the future for Steve? Like, where do we see you? Where do we find you? How can we, you know, help Steve out in the future? Uh, well, Hey, I tell you, you know, uh, I think, Hmm, that's, I mean, that's a great question. I, I think for me, it's, you know what these next 12 months are, it's focusing on whether I'm the best at and um, learning how to say no to oh, yeah. more and more things. I think as you begin to see success in your life and in our listeners' lives, the hardest thing is there's a lot more yeses that come up. And the challenge to massive success, in my opinion, are two things, good versus being the best. And number two is saying yes to things we should have said no to. And, and that's a real hard thing because 
a lot of people will pull you, whether it's in your personal life and your professional life. And what I would challenge our listeners to is what are the things you can say no to so that you focus on what you're the best at, what you love to do and what makes you the most money. One of the books I've been challenged by recently is called 10X is Easier Than 2X by uh, Dan Kennedy and Ben uh, Hardy. And, you know, it's a real difference in thinking and it's saying, okay, where do you want to be in the next 12 months? And what if you could 10X what you thought you could do? You know, most of us are trying to grow 10 and 20%. What if you took your next year's goals and 10 times it? It's a different way of thinking. So the thought process is if I grow 20%, I can usually work more. And my challenge to our listeners is when you 10X what your next 12 months are, you typically can't work more. It requires a different level of thinking. And oftentimes it's who can do that? Who can I add to the team to do that? Or what am I doing that I need to stop doing? Uh, or what am I not doing that I need to start doing? Remembering 20% of your activity produces 80% of your results. And it's hard to say no because we get intoxicated with busy and not effective. And so the next 12 months for us are really saying, okay, what do we need to say no to? How do we stay focused on what is the biggest 20% that gives us the 80% of the results? Because in getting bigger results, we make a bigger impact. And I think that that's really where we're focused. That's what I'm focused on. And, right. and for our listeners, man, you'd be surprised. Also, you get time freedom when you do that, because you, you, you can't thrive without margin. And most of us are so busy. There's no margin. There's no thinking time. There's no strategy time. There's no, look, I can't grow 10X doing the same thing I've always done. So what is it going to take for us to hit 10X results in the next 12 months? Yes. And I totally agree with you need to put into your outlook calendar, thinking yeah. time, strategy time. You and I have, have gotten where we are because we are the thinkers and, yeah. and, and to delegate. And to say, no, it's hard. I'm a pleaser. I want to please everybody. Yeah. I know that that's, that's a positive and a negative for me. So I think it's super important to put the people in your lives who will do things the way you want them done so that you don't have to do it. So that you're able to like go. I was able to go and be in Maryland last week because I had a team here that was able to be at an event that I wanted yeah. to be at, too. I was like, how can I split myself in three different parts? You know, but it was because you have to sometimes not be there and sometimes it has to just represent you. So I love yeah. what you just said about that. That's amazing. And for our listeners, we're so super happy that you said yes to us and didn't say no, Steve. So I'm so blessed to have you as a peer and as a friend of mine. I every day am, am super blessed about that. So, you know, if you ever need anything, you can always give me a telephone call, but our listeners are super excited. And guys, if you have a podcast, you should definitely listen to Steve's podcast. It's amazing. He is off the charts with tons of nuggets. Every single time I listen, I walk away with great nuggets and we appreciate you being on our show. So thank you so much, Steve. Everybody like and share if you um, thought you found value and think a friend could learn value from this. It was super great. And we have great people coming on in the future. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on Grab Your Keys. See you. <laughs>